0: I'm Mary Beth and this is my mom. Hi, I'm Katie. For practical motherly wisdom. I don't know. Ask my mom.
1: Hello. Welcome to today's episode. We have a question from a listener that we're going to dive right into. This person asks, do you take risks? And if so, how do you prepare Interesting.
0: Often I don't realize, yeah, well, often I don't realize what I'm doing is risky, so I usually don't prepare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of things, well, I think in the background, like, um, I think back when I was in a senior in high school, and Mm -hmm. I was at winter camp, and I went down a toboggan run, and I didn't realize how risky that was. And Mm -hmm. I ended up, Um, fracturing 11 vertebrae in my back. I had a whiplash, a concussion, and I ended up spending about a month in the hospital and really kind of messed up my senior year of high school. But um, I didn't think it was risky, so I didn't prepare. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. I guess
1: that's why they're called
0: accidents,
1: Uh, right? Yeah, that sounds really painful. So
0: recently, yeah, yeah, recently you and I, went go-kart racing Mm. and they have you prepare (laughs) by teaching you a little bit about the little go-kart and they have you wear this helmet on your head that's really way too heavy. Yeah. And uh, that was an interesting adventure. Oh yeah. We were with Ryan and my
1: dad and we got two races and we went in the middle of the day. So there was no one there. It was just us. Which was great because you and I are speed demons, so we were <laughs> flying yes. around the track. <laughs> and in the first race, you and I were really getting in the groove and finding where we can speed up and slow down and zipping around, passing Ryan, passing Dad. And I remember after you that slowed first down. Race,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All I did was go faster. You're I savage. think I lapped Dad three times. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time Ryan was
1: like flagging me around him. He was like, just go, just go. But yeah, after that race, both dad and Ryan were nauseous. They were dizzy. I was like, "Oh, you wimps. So <laughs> I remember we got to go a second time and they were like, oh, we can't do a second. You guys go. So I remember we're going, 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 and we didn't hear this part until afterwards, but they speed or they uh, clock each of your laps. And I guess you were winning one, then I was winning one, then I, it was like back and forth. And so everyone watching was like, wow, this was the most nail biting race. And we see the guy put up the checkered flag, meaning you have one last lap. And you and I are running running it. And I happen to be ahead of you, which ultimately it didn't matter if I was ahead of you because it was all just like timing. But we're coming around the final curve. And I took the curve like, I think I took it a little bit tighter. And anyways, you ended up T-boning me. And we full on both are just like stunned and like. I remember just sitting there for a minute thinking oh my goodness did we just like ruin everything like is mom wrecked and like I look over and I, I felt like my whole body was frozen I was kind of in shock Right. and the guy came over Uh, who was like helping with the flags and he was like are you okay I'm like I'm okay but mom are you okay and we get out and I could like hardly move I remember we are walking to the car and it just felt like wow we wrecked our bodies and sure enough I full on cracked a rib I had bruises all over my back because the seat is like this like hard plastic and I just like Mm -hmm. banged from one
0: side to another it was rough Right. So, and I had full on whiplash and cause we were going, well, you were dead stopped and I was going like 28 miles an hour. It yeah. that was, that was a full on
1: T-bone. So how did we prepare for that? Well, we definitely did not. I remember we were so excited to go, and then upon leaving, you and I are, like, hobbling to the car, (laughs) and Dad and Ryan are, like, nauseous and dizzy. We're like, oh, this is a terrible idea. Oh, my goodness. Right. Um, That's
0: when I, I really don't act my age. I mean, I'm 65, and I was probably acting <laughs> like an 18-year-old. the wheel oh, of that car. It was really kind oh of fun. Goodness, but I always was. say that I'm really, I feel like I'm about 23 years old in my head. But mm-hmm. now and then, my body reminds me that I'm 65. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's good that yeah. your
1: spirit and soul are still young trying to think of other things I mean you and I have both gone through like moves
0: yeah so dad and I moved uh, from Southern California to the Seattle area with two small children Uh, Jesse was three and Cameron had just turned one Mm. and we moved up here without jobs and we had sold our home so we had a couple of months of you know buffer money uh, but that really wasn't how we wanted to spend it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty daring, pretty risk-taking to move up here. And I remember that when we first got here that I didn't see the sun for, like, three weeks. <laughs> except for at, <laughs> right as it sets in the west, yeah. it kind of gets, when it's way over on the horizon, it gets... Away from the cloud base, and I thought, "Wow, I just left Southern California, mm. where we had had a streak of like ten days in a row that were triple digits, oh, over one hundred degrees." And I moved up here to this area. I didn't even have a coat. I mean, I think I had a couple of cardigans, wow. but I moved up to this cold climate where it rains a lot. I mean, I knew because I'd been up here for college. I knew what the climate was like. But it's a little different when you're a mother of two small kids that need to be playing outside all the time Mm. as compared to being a single adult. And it was, um, yeah, that that was pretty risky. And really the only way we prepared for it was having a couple of months buffer uh, money. Yeah, I'm thinking about
1: my move. I moved a couple of times because I went to boarding high school and then... I moved uh, when I went to college. And then.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Let's go back. When you say you went to boarding high school, that almost makes me sound like a bad parent that we (gasps) sent you away to this boarding (laughs) high school.
1: So tell a little bit more about that. Oh, my goodness. No, I went by choice. So my freshman and sophomore years. Yeah, my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I had two art teachers who really saw my desire to go into the art design field. And they were kind of grooming me to prepare to go to an art or design college. And they had learned of this school in Napa, California, gorgeous wine country called the Oxbow School. And they had mentioned to me, it's only a semester long program. You can't stay there longer than that. But you go and there's about 30 to 40 students that they accept worldwide and yeah you go they do fine arts focus so sculpture photography new media so anything with like filming and computer audio uh, painting Um, I think I covered it all but then you also do all of your regular high school classes English math science and PE So, yeah, my, I, they only accept juniors and seniors in high school. So there was a girl I knew at my high school who had gone a year ahead of me. And she kind of said like, oh, the best time to go is in the spring. The springtime in Napa is gorgeous. So I took her word for it and I applied And I remember it was almost 18,000 for the semester and you and dad were like, I, you got to figure this out if you're going to go. And I remember just praying and being like, okay, God, if you're going to open this door for me, like I need a way to be able to pay because i obviously was just working, you know, side jobs. And I had the job with the cops, which maybe that's another story, but I worked yes. with the cops to make some coin. And I remember having $2,500 saved and thinking somehow like that's, that's all that I have. And I remember I was at volleyball practice and I got a call from the head of admissions at Oxbow and they were like, so we're really excited to let you know. Like, and by the way, I had to do this whole portfolio application. It was like a grueling process that took a while and like a lot of time and effort. And it wasn't a sure thing that I would get accepted by any means. So I'm at volleyball practice. I get this call, and he's like, We're so excited to offer you a position here for this spring semester. And I was like caged excitement because I was thinking I am so excited to go, but how am I going to pay? And I told him that in the moment I was like, wow, this is amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited. And at the same time, I don't know that I can actually come because I can't afford to go. And he was like, well, actually, that was something else I wanted to talk about with you. He said, we have approved you for some financial aid. And the only thing you would have to cover is the meal plan, which is, (laughs) $2,500. So I was like both laughing and crying and uh, pretty, pretty excited. So that is what I mean when I went to boarding high school. So we, you dad and I think Emily came maybe drove me down to Napa. It's like a 13 hour drive. And I think I moved there in January and school went through May and, oh, it's incredible. That uh, it was, not only is Napa the most beautiful area in Northern California. I mean, it's it's just stunning. But um, every aspect of the school was really enriching. And even the food, the chefs used to work at Chez Panisse, which is arguably one of the best restaurants in the country. And they retired from there and just wanted to do their own thing. And so there was like an organic farm that they would get produce from and they made the best food. I think I gained like 15 pounds at <laughs> that time. That was so good. But yeah. And then that school really prepared me for college in many ways, gave me a lot of confidence to apply to Parsons in New York City and so that move was risky in the sense that i was like 17 graduated high school i went to a trip in scotland and i remember i had a layover from scotland uh to new york then back to seattle and i decided i wouldn't go the full trip all the way back home to seattle and i would just stay in new York. And so I had my suitcase from my trip to Scotland, and I remember I had the address of my New York City apartment like written on my hand <laughs> and I landed in new york and and that was the beginning of my New York City chapter. I think of another move though when I went to from New York to San Diego. I had met Ryan, who's now my husband, but I met him at my best friend's wedding in San Diego, and so we had dated long distance. He was living there. I was living in New York City, and we got to a point in our dating relationship where we were talking about marriage, and so I did the risky thing of quitting my job in New York City and moving to San Diego, and thankfully, welcoming me on the other end was Ryan with a ring and a proposal (laughs) to get married, but I think there's... Maybe nothing more risky in life than getting married because you're sacrificing singleness and your own journey in life to then join it with someone else's, which I think it's risky because you don't know what that's going to turn out to be, but it's high risk, high reward. And hopefully if you marry someone who's a good teammate, you accomplish so much more together. Uh, Any other risks that you're thinking of?
0: Oh, I I can think of something kind of risky. So uh, background a little bit is that uh, my dad was a fireman for most of my growing up period. And that kind of always made us be prepared for different things. Um, He was always... um, you know, the the first aid guy, but just being a fireman, you're always prepared for an emergency. And so we kind of were that way as a family. And if we're, you know, we're driving, there's an accident, we always stopped, or if anything exciting was happening, we were there to be part of it, right? So... <clears throat> You're probably thinking of things I've done while oh, you were growing yes. up where I would oh, always stop yeah. to help. Yep. <laughs> I always stop to help people on the side of the road, or I'm always, you know, just seeing things that maybe other people don't see. Yeah, And so, um, this would be the story I tell is probably about six months before I met your dad and I was working, um, in a little town called Montrose, California, kind of, between La Crescenta and La Cunada, yeah. just a little itty bitty little town, and um, I was on my way to work, and I saw this guy steal a woman's purse. Like just run up alongside her, grab what? the purse off her shoulder, and he was running in the direction that I was driving, and so I thought I'm going to get this guy, <laughs> and so. I- I'm like Starsky and Hutch. You probably don't know who that is. But I just start honking my horn as loud as I can. And it it was early enough in the morning that there weren't too many cars parked on the sidewalk because it was actually like on a a, a strip. Uh, There's like three blocks of stores. And I was on that street and it was on that road. And I like drove up on the sidewalk and I'm honking my (laughs) horn and I'm yelling at him, not that he could (laughs) roll down my window by then. And other people got involved and there were three or four different cars and we did get that guy. We pinned him in and we got that gal's purse back. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. But yeah, oh,
1: that's good. Yeah,
0: if there's if there is something going on and it's anywhere within my vision, I see it, <laughs> and um, I seldom, I seldom um, don't stop. Mm. I almost always stop. That is true. I remember yes.
1: this one winter <laughs> where all of our neighbors were standing down at the corner where there's this turn. Road. The road isn't banked right, and every year, sure enough when it's icy and cold in right. Seattle and maybe it snows, people end up in the ditch and we do whatever we can to warn people. It's like, we'll put signs up before this turn that say, slow down, turn ahead. You know, like we try. And yeah. I remember this one year, one of our neighbors was so just like over it that he was like, you know, we've done our best. Let's all just go enjoy watching the idiots fall in the in the, in the ditch <laughs> so we all have hot cocoa and we're standing there as like a neighborhood just watching people who aren't following the signs just come straight down the hill. And I remember you saw this car. It was it maybe it looked like a RAV4 or like a Jeep. Was it a Jeep? A Jeep Wrangler? Maybe. But it was coming down. It looked like, okay, we had like an ounce of grace towards this person because it looked like they actually tried to slow down and they just kept sliding all the way down the hill. And I remember we're all standing there just, you know, slurping our hot cocoa, wiping the marshmallows from our mouth. <laughs> all of a sudden you decide like this, this car is sliding and it's like literally maybe 10 feet from falling into the ditch. And it's going really slow, like maybe a couple miles an hour. And so you almost instinctively just like there's no one, no other car in the road. You just reach your hand out and grab the pack into of the car and like the Hulk <laughs> you're like the Hulk you just grab it and it stops and you were like <laughs> you were like shocked
0: and oh. we were all
1: shocked like what you just saved this car and we're all standing there like and then you kind of turn back and look at us like now what do I do <laughs> <You know>? but <laughs> yeah. thankfully yeah. they got out
0: and- I, Yeah, I can remember yeah. one time stopping to help somebody and I just start telling all these people what to do because lots of people had stopped, but everybody was just looking. So I just start telling, okay, you do this, you do that. And the car (laughs) was leaking gas and it was obvious that it was going to catch fire really soon. So I'm telling somebody, okay, you help them out and you do this and you do that. And Kelly is just sitting in the car with his, you know, hand <laughs> on his forehead. And he's like, mom, would you just get back in the car? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is my, this is my calling in life to save these people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, little did he know a boy. minute later, it erupts in flames and <laughs> you save them all. Yes. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's the one that the car did catch fire and the, um, the tires end up blowing up Mm. when they, when the car burns that far and it's pretty scary. And by that time we had gotten back in the car and had moved it and gotten you guys far enough away that you weren't in harm's way, but Mm. yeah. (laughs) Wow.
1: I, so I think I have one other story about a risk that I've taken. Okay. Um I willingly jumped out of a plane. My friend was turning 25 and she and a few others of us decided that we were gonna go skydiving. And this was the weekend after I met Ryan. And I remember telling him, like, hey, I'm going free diving. And he was freaking out because he was like, oh, my goodness, I just met this girl, and now she's jumping out of a plane? Like, she can't die. <laughs> and I remember him texting. He told me this later, but he had texted his parents and was like, please be praying on this Saturday at this time. Your your potential future generations are jumping out of a plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyways, oh my I, um,
1: Yeah, we took. We were living in New York City, and we went to Long Island to do this. And so, it took a plane, to a train, to a bus, to a car. It took forever. But, anyways, we got up to Long Island, and the pre- preparation that they do for you is so minimal; it's crazy. So, it's a tiny little plane. The passenger area. My friend and I were sitting in the back, and he had his knees up to his chest and kind of in a fetal cannonball position. And I was facing him. And then we both had the people we were jumping tandem with strapped to our back and we were all just packed in there. So that's like how small it was, but they basically the people we were jumping with were jump junkies and had, you know, maybe 3,500 jumps under their belt and just lived to do this. So, I also had seen a few people go ahead of me to kind of understand the process. But he basically just showed me there's this little podium outside of the door of the airplane that's about the size of a sheet of paper, eight and a half by 11. And he says, okay, so just put your feet out. You're going to stand there. And once you've got your full balance, then you're just going to lean forward and keep your head back. And he had a camera on his wrist. So he was capturing, you know, the view and all of that. And um, he was just like, you know, keep your arms back and head back. And that's pretty much it. And he was on my back. So I had like...
0: Oh, that's what I was wondering. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he's (laughs) like, um, his face is like... He was standing kind of like belly to my back and strapped like really, okay. really tight. And then the parachute was on his back, but I had the ripcord. So he was going to, you know, tell me oh. when to pull it. Yeah, pretty crazy. So then, you know, we're flying up there. We get up to the right altitude. And my friend jumps first. And then I go, and I mean, such little preparation that they just give you of that little bit of training, but I did not realize how <laughs> they say very simply, you know, stand on the podium, <clears throat> but there's so much wind. It took every, you know, muscle in my body to just get my leg to stand on this little platform. Anyways, get on. We fall out, you do a couple tumbles and I am a thrill seeker. I love that feeling of falling. Like any of those roller coasters Mm -hmm. at six flags with the vertical drops or whatever. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love those. So this part was my favorite, but yeah, you're falling, kind of tumbling. The wind is rushing. Your cheeks are flying. It's like super fast. And I remember just trying to see everything as fast as I could looking around. And then he taps me to pull the ripcord, so it's, and it's also like super loud, like sh- 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 sh, the wind just like flying. And then I pull the ripcord, and you hear this like, f- 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 poof, and the chute opens, and all of a sudden you're like suspended in this most like godlike view, and the silence, it was profound. Just this otherworldly, like you just can't hear a thing but you're in this panoramic gorgeous view I was in Long Island so the ocean the land just like floating and we almost felt weightless and he could kind of play around with the shoot to make us go up and down and we just kind of like floated on down and oh I just remember it's you know when you're in a plane and you have that little window next to you with like multiple layers of glass you definitely have a view but it is entirely different when it is fully surrounding and you get to you know taste the air oh it was so beautiful and then what I didn't expect was the landing I guess you kind of see it in movies and whatnot where you land with your feet you kind of land straight kind of perpendicular to the ground and it looks like people break their legs you know like a very heavy abrupt landing but instead what we did was we came more almost like parallel to the ground and he was like pull your legs up and I basically was like in a seated position and just barely barely glided down to the grass and it was like the softest landing ever and oh my goodness I remember being in this euphoric high for the next like couple of days it was oh it was so fun. I would totally do it again, but I would want to do it intentionally in
0: a really beautiful scenic. Those... Right. Probably the next closest thing to that would be zip lining. Oh, yeah. Uh, somewhere where you are really high up.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad
0: and I did that on St. Martin. Uh, the island of St. Martin and I think there were six different uh lines to get us all the way down because we went really high um I have no idea what the altitude was but it was so beautiful and it was the the first taking off and then the stopping at each (laughs) one that was scary (laughs) but everything in between was pretty pretty exciting
1: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode and please remember to email us your questions at idk at gmail.com have a great day